Welcome back, folks, to the Field and Garden Podcast. It's your friend, Lisa Mason Ziegler, and thanks so much for joining me here today. And folks, we have another winner. So each week on Clubhouse, um, Ellen Frost of Local Color Flowers, a design studio that's located in Baltimore, Maryland, that she's going into her second decade, or she's in her second decade of business. And her whole business model, her design studio, is based on only sourcing flowers that are grown within 100 miles of her shop. Kind of like the way we used to do it decades ago, right? Anyway, Ellen hosts a live discussion on Clubhouse on Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Eastern Time where she chats about a topic for about 15 minutes and then she takes your questions. And y'all, to this one I have to share with you today, which is um, about wedding forecasts for the year 2022. And the title was, What Florists and Farmers Should Do. Friends, this is another great talk that whether you are a farmer, a florist, a designer, Wherever you are in this flower business food chain, you can glean some information. And um, as an added bonus today, um, she also asked one of the growers that she buys from each week and actually multiple times a week to join in on the conversation. So folks, let's take a listen to Ellen Sharon how florist sourcing local flowers and flower farmers can best prepare for the coming season. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Um, my name is Ellen Frost. If this is your first time joining, uh, glad to have you here. Um, I am the owner of Local Color Flowers. We are a floral design studio located in Baltimore, Maryland, and we source all of our flowers locally. Uh, everything comes from farms within 100 miles of Baltimore. Uh, I'm also a course creator and an online instructor for the Gardener's Workshop. I'm actually going to talk a little bit more about my class and Jenny's class later today because they are both relevant to our wedding conversation. Um, my class is called Growing Your Business with Local Flower Sourcing, and it's open just once a year, and uh, registration opens November 5th. And you can find more information about it on the Gardener's Workshop website. And if you want to learn more about what I do here in Baltimore, you can find us on Instagram at Local Color Flowers. Or you can learn more about local sourcing on Instagram at Florist Buying Local Flowers or on Facebook at Florist Buying Local. And just a note that this uh, conversation is being recorded. Jesse can tell you more about that. And um, I'd love to hear your comments, questions. Uh, so please feel free to uh, ask questions, make comments. Weddings are, you know, big topic for us. So uh, feel free to jump in and and get get chatting. Jesse's going to just give you some pointers before we get started and then we'll we'll get... Hi everyone. Um I am here in an administrative role and I am wanting to help out with uh getting any questions that you might have answered um throughout the discussion. Uh want to let everyone know that you're uh, more than welcome to come up and ask questions um clicking the little button with the hand on it um puts you in line to come up and ask a question uh verbally and then you also have the option to 
text me a question that I can ask Ellen on your behalf. And you would do that by clicking the button that looks like a little paper airplane. And that takes you to a different screen where you can type my name in and send me a message that way. And so um, we love to take questions either of those ways. And um, also the um, recording that we produce is going to um, be made into a special edition podcast that will be released at a later date. Um, and so that is going to be available after the fact. One more thing, if you um, are interested in knowing when Ellen posts uh, other chats to be made of uh, schedules other chats, that is, um, you can click at the top of the screen there, the little greenhouse icon, and that will take you to the page where you can join her club here on Clubhouse called Florist by Local. And that, then when she schedules it, you will be notified. It's been the opportunity to add your own schedule if you want to make sure that you're here. So um, I appreciate everyone being here today, and I'm looking forward to this discussion. So thanks, everyone. Everyone, it's time to talk about weddings. Um, If you have seen the news or you follow along with industry um, updates, uh, everybody is talking about how 2022 is going to be the biggest year for weddings in, I don't know, 30 or 40 years. Uh, The Wedding Report, which uh, is a sort of industry information provider, um, says that there's going to be 2.5 million weddings in 2022. That is a lot of weddings. And that is um, really all markets. You're going to see increases in weddings in all markets across the country. Um, And, you know, COVID is not gone. Um, So people are planning weddings with the backdrop of COVID still being around. Um, If you're following the news about the global flower shortage, it is really at um, sort of a critical point right now. Florists are sort of freaking out about the the, um, lack of flower availability on the global market. And um, that is going to continue. Uh, That will continue into 2020. Two, um, I think it will get better, but we are still going to see a lot of international shortages. There are still high COVID cases across the world. There are still lots of restrictions in place for workers. Um, There are still huge, huge shipping issues. So florists that are trying to buy imported flowers are just having a lot of problems right now. And um, so what does that mean? Um, more weddings, less flowers. You're going to find more conventional florists who may not have sought out local product before seeking out more local product. So you're going to find more uh, traditional or conventional florists seeking out local product. Um, And then you're going to find wedding florists um, that are sourcing local have big increases in the number of weddings that they're doing, and they are, they are going to be looking for a lot of local product too. So demand is going to be really high again next year. And um, as designers who source locally and as growers who um, provide flowers for florists who source locally, um, we all need to be ready um, and put ourselves in the best position to take advantage of um, this increase in weddings. So um, I would say if, let's start with if you're a designer. Um, First of all, if you're a designer who is thinking about doing weddings, 
this is this is the time. There are going to be a lot of opportunities and a lot of um, varying sizes of weddings. People are still going to be doing micro weddings, elopements, small weddings, and people are going to be doing huge weddings. People who have waited two, three years to get married and have saved their money and are really excited, maybe having huge weddings. So if you are um, thinking about doing weddings, now is the time to really start putting that plan in place. Um, and I did want to mention, I know I said before that I teach for the Gardener's Workshop. Um, my friend Jenny Love has a course, and I think it's called The Wedding Process. You can find more about it on the Gardener's Workshop website. Um, but this class is really a how to get started as a farmer florist and as a as a person who sources locally doing weddings. This is a great class. Um, I think registration is open. So, um, all right. So if you're already doing weddings, then you want to prepare yourself to be in the best position to source local flowers next year. And um, some of the things that I do to prepare for the next, for the coming year of weddings, um, first is try to meet over the winter or in the slower season with your best growers, your best suppliers to talk about what you already have on the schedule for next year so that your growers can be um, sort of clued into what colors you're looking for, what your needs are. Um, we do this with a lot of our growers. I know, I think Maya said she was going to try to get on here today. I think she's here. Oh yeah, she's here. Um, one of our growers is on today and we do a winter meeting every year and we talk about sort of how the year went uh, the past year and then how, um, what we're looking ahead to uh, for the next year. So that's color palettes, styles, um, busy weeks, um, types of flowers, things like that. So if you're a designer, you want to really be, I think, setting yourself up for success by meeting with your growers over the winter and getting them prepared for what's coming. Um, this is Winter is also a great time to meet with new or potential growers, people that you want to be working with. Um, it just sets you, it sort of gives you a leg up so that when the season starts, you're not just then trying to build those relationships. So designers, um, use your time over the winter to try to um, build that pool of options for yourself so that um, when you have um, an opportunity to start ordering from these growers, you're in a position to already have a relationship with them. Um, this is not about local sourcing, but I will just say it's not just flowers that are in high demand right now. Hard goods um, are just... Um, really, really difficult to come by, like impossible, very simple things, cylinder bases, um, cold glue. I mean, you name it, every supply that a florist could need is in high demand and uh, there are just nothing available. Um, and that is not an exaggeration. Um, I tried to order something from Accent Decor um, for a wedding next month and I tried to order it um, I've been trying to order it for six months from my wholesaler. I went to Accent Decor um, directly. Uh, they placed the order and said that it would be shipped in April. Um, so that's what I'm talking about. We have been working on trying to buy one product for almost a year. 
Um, and so if there's anything that you know that you need already for weddings next year, start buying those things, start buying vases, start stocking up on supplies. Um, maybe things will, maybe there'll be some restocks over the winter um, and you can load up. So that is not a, a local sourcing issue, but uh, hard goods are just also giving me heartburn um, right now. So um, what else can you do? Set yourself up to start showing off your wedding work on social media so that potential customers know that you source locally, help them start to understand um, seasonality and what's available by season. You can make Pinterest boards. You can do a series on social media of like, I don't know, here's April weddings, here's May weddings, here's June weddings. Start showing that off so that customers who are looking at your um, website, your social media, your email marketing are starting to understand that you source locally, that you um, want to highlight local product, things like that. Um, somebody asked me on Instagram what color trends we're seeing, and we are not like... Um, we're not super trendy. We don't follow a ton of trends because sometimes trends, we can't make those happen for people. Um, like if trending was blue flowers, like we don't have a lot of blue flowers. Um, but some things that we're seeing, a couple couple notes, still lots of greenery. So we are seeing tons and tons of requests for greenery, greenery only bouquets, greenery on tables, greenery installations that is still around. It's not going away. Um we're seeing lots of mustard, you know, mustard as a request. Um, I would also say like hand in hand with that is jewel tones. We've had lots of jewel tone requests. And believe me, we Google almost every day what jewel tones are. Um, but jewel tones are things like um, purples, reds, golds, things like that. So mustard is definitely... Um, a color that we're seeing a lot of requests for. You know, the Pantone color of the year finally was yellow. Um, I guess it was last year. Um, so I think we are starting to see some trickle down requests for yellow. Um, and then still, you know, pink is a classic wedding color, but we are definitely still seeing lots of requests for pink. Um, I looked at the weddings that we have scheduled for the spring. Um, so obviously the spring is the, the color interests in the spring are sometimes different than color interests in the fall. But for our um, spring weddings, this is what we've got. Um, white and pink, white and blush, white, lavender and peach, blush and white, coral, peach and white, one mixed bright, one peach and pink. So that's just like, I don't know, end of March to end of May. So like a three month period. Those are the colors that people have have booked with us for. So still lots of white and pink um, in the mix. Um, if you're a grower, you know, um, Dave Dowling would tell you to grow more flowers. Um, I think he's been saying this for a year, year and a half. Um, grow more if you can, if you have the capacity to grow more and you have the clientele to sell to, grow more flowers for sure. Um and again, sort of the flip side of what the designers should be doing. Meet with your designers, see what they have scheduled for next year, see how you can help um, meet their needs. Um, use the time in the winter again to try to meet with new designers to build new relationships. Again, it'll give you a leg up um, 
And same as with designers, start to bulk up your social media to cater to your customers. So I, I want, this is just like a side note about um, social media. Um, I know that people have like a love-hate relationship with social media. But social media is a tool that all of us as business owners have available to us. Um, and we should be using strategically. And strategically means filling your social media with um, photos and stories about your product that meets the needs of your customer. So if you are a grower who is focused on selling to designers, think about what you're posting and what you're sharing um, and how that is going to meet the needs of your designer. Same with if you're a designer and your customer is a wedding customer, um, make sure you are sharing stories and information and being educational and um, entertaining um, for your customer. I see a lot of people just posting because they feel like they need to post something, um, but use that tool um, to help um, build your wedding business, whatever your wedding business looks like. Um, okay, some other things you can do in the winter to get prepared. I already mentioned Jenny's class, which runs, um, like I said, I think registration opens pretty soon for that. And then um, I have a class called Growing Your Business with Local Flower Sourcing. Um, it registers November 5th through 9th, I think. And then the class starts in January. This is a great way if you're a designer, a farmer, florist, even a farmer who is interested in design or wants to know the flip side of what designers are thinking. This is a great class to help you source locally. And if there was ever a time that knowing more about local sourcing was important, now is the time. So you can learn more about that class on the Gardener's Workshop um, website. So that's some key um, sort of tools, I think, to get ready for next year. Um, start booking weddings, folks, because they are out there. There are We have florists here in Baltimore that are fully booked for next year already and already booking for 2023. I mean, for florists, you are usually the last vendor to get booked. So the fact that people are booking for 2023 already for florists is um, pretty crazy. So um, this also, I would just say, means for somebody like me as an established florist, um, and if there are established florists on here, it means that maybe you can be pickier or choosier about the weddings that you take. You can really hone in on who your best client is and what the best venues for you are and what the best size is. There's going to be a lot of opportunity next year. Um, so for us, we're really um, figuring out how we want our business. We are sort of not in a growth phase. A lot of people are in a growth phase, but we are sort of in a, a fine-tuning phase, if you will, and really trying to make sure that we're only taking weddings that really fit um, what we do and who we cater to and um, so you're going to have a lot of opportunity next year. So make sure that you understand both as farmers and designers who your customers are, who you want your customers to be, and really focus in um, on those people. And don't feel pressure to take work that is not a good fit for you because there's going to be a lot of work available for next year. Um, okay, so like I said, I can keep talking forever, but I would love to hear your comments, questions, what is 
happening. Um, okay, Lisa's here. Um, and I think I allow her. I don't know how this works. Maybe Jesse can help me. I think I, oh yeah. Hi, Lisa. Good morning, Ellen. I'm just loving this talk. And um, as I've been sitting here working on a lot of things related to the next season and our season as our courses are coming up, I want to remind everybody or to tell you for the first time that tomorrow night, Wednesday, Ellen and Jenny Love and Dave Dowling and Steve and Gretel Adams of Sunny Meadow, we're doing a roundtable discussion about this very subject, the forecast for 2022, trying to get everybody's experience of what they're seeing. And um, I mean, I know that what Ellen is saying, Steve and Gretel are living it. They are so overcome with florist demand. They're, I mean, they're pulling their hair out and it'll just be so good to hear from them. So I'm inviting everybody. It's a Facebook live um, on the Gardener's Workshop farm page, and it'll be left there um, recorded and posted. And we'll, of course, probably post it around. Um, but I invite everybody to join us if you want more information. And this morning, as I was really working on um, some information about Jenny's course and Ellen's course as their enrollment is opening, the more I, I have to tell you, Ellen, the more I was digging around, you know, just looking for, okay, refresh my memory of what's in this course so I can talk about it. I got more and more excited because I feel like this opportunity of 2022 is what flower shops, event florists, designers, cut flower growers, new wannabe growers. This is the moment in history we've been waiting for, right? For all these years, it's like so much easier to figure stuff out as you're overcome with business than trying to beat the bushes. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, especially for, I mean, for all of us, but for somebody new, somebody starting out, um, as a designer, as a farmer florist, even as a, as a grower, um, yeah, there's never been a situation like this. Demand has not been like this for local product. I don't know, since I've been doing this for 15 or 16 years. So, um, the opportunities I think are really right, right in front of us and we just have to be ready for them. Um, it's really exciting. It is. And, you know, some, one of the things that I truly, I talk about this in a lot of different interviews that I've had through the years, I attribute my success out of the gate. And that got me to where I am today was because, you know, it wasn't anything like this, but back when I started 24 years ago, there was no competition you know, I kind of like had a wide open market and I just happened to hit the right first customer that was willing to buy everything and help me. And that positive response made me want to do more and more. And I see this is like the perfect storm to either hit the reset button on your business or to start or to find your way into a new area of the business. And um, I'm just really, really excited. And I just want to encourage everybody. I can tell you, um, y'all pretty much know, I tell it like it is if you've been following around with me. Um, and I can tell you honestly that I believe that Ellen's course and Jenny's course both 
are incredibly beneficial for growers, for designers, for flower shops, for anybody in this business, even co-op people, um, wholesalers, anybody that's designing, selling, or growing business, uh, growing flowers, will glean more business information. We're not talking about design. We're not talking about any of that kind of stuff. We're talking about where the rubber meets the pavement. And I just couldn't resist coming on here and saying that because I am, um, I am pretty excited that we are offering the tools to help people meet 2020 to where they can actually be profitable and successful. And um, they just have to do the work and show up, right? That's right. That's right. I saw um, two things I wanted to mention. One, I saw on the, um, if you if anybody follows the Arnoskis out of Texas, they're a big flower farming family. They've been leaders in the industry for a long time. And I saw that they posted on their Instagram something to the effect the other day that if you are not seeing the flowers in your community that you want to see, um, take control of that. Start growing those. Start asking your growers to grow them. Um, and it was just such a good reminder to me that like, there's so much that's possible and next year is definitely a year that, um, I think we can make things happen that we, we haven't had the opportunity to make happen in the past. So yeah, we all just need to do the work. Um, Jesse, can you help me? I don't know if you can help me. Um, Maya's here and I told her I was going to make her come on and say hi. Um, can you help her do that? Um, um, she, this is me, her first time on, on, um, on okay, Maya. So. Maya, if you, um, look down at the bottom, oh, she may have already figured it out. Oh Let yeah. See. see, she's smart. <laughs> yep. There, there she goes. I'm going to add her here. Hello. Did this work? <laughs> Hi. <laughs> it worked. Thank you. Clubhouse. <laughs> Success. Um, <laughs> Everyone listening, this is my friend Maya. She is the owner of Hill and Homestead, a urban farm here in Baltimore. She is one of our main growers. We buy from her um, every week. Five times um, a week sometimes. I was going to say, not just every week, but like Maya literally delivers to us about almost every day. Her farm is just less than a mile from our shop. And um, we buy a lot from her. So um, this is her first time on Clubhouse, but I thought I would ask her to join us and just maybe... Um, give her perspective of how this year went for local growers and um, sort of what local growers are, are looking ahead to as a grower who, who sells to wedding florists. Just, um, yeah. Maya, you want to just give us a little? Yeah, sure. So and typically about 85% of my sales are to florists and the vast majority of that is going to weddings. Some are, are retail shops or single, just more single orders, but mostly wedding florists. Um, and this year has, like many people said, just been totally crazy. I mean, 11th hour orders of people wanting to buy $500 worth of flowers, you know, I'm seeing more last minute orders and much bigger orders and more flexible orders. I mean, Ellen has always been great about this, but more florists who normally would want very specific blooms saying, I'll take anything in white and blush that you have, anything as much as you have. So that's been a shift this year. And I've started in the last month sort of um, trying to get a pulse from some of my other florists to see if all the 
uh, menacing posts on Instagram about how insane next year is going to be are true. Everyone has said like, yeah, many people are telling me they're actually doing fewer weddings next year and having more and more requests. Um, so as far as I can tell, it's not slowing down at all. I think that the, um, for sure, um, almost every wedding vendor I know who has successfully made it through this season or hopefully will successfully make it through this season, um, right, are saying that they are cutting back next year. And partly that is because this year has been really difficult. Um, People are and tired. That is not, yeah. yeah, I mean, that is not like a, like, oh, woe is me. But like we have we are doing weddings that were booked in 2018, in 2019, in 2020, in 2021, all this season. So we And are, prices have um, gone up and bids don't necessarily match that. So Exactly. So people, yeah. vendors are definitely struggling. And I think that goes back to like our thinking as a wedding florist of really trying to fine tune the weddings that we do next year so that we are... Right. Um, you know, able to have some sort of sane life and also are just matched up more, um, more perfectly, if you will, with the right, right types of customers. Um, and so, I think yeah. some people are realizing that more is not necessarily more profitable, like you, I know, have realized. Yes. Um, more and so is figuring not, out that could be a whole to other topic. That could yeah. be a whole clubhouse topic. More is not right. more profitable. Um, yeah. smarter <laughs> is so more true. profitable. Um, right. I think, yes. Maya's right. That a lot of, a lot of vendors have, I think, recognized that this. Yeah. And I think similarly, I mean, for me, it's like, if I can grow even more, I'm pretty confident I can sell it. Mo the vast majority of. And, um, why would I then do 20 more deliveries for a bunch of small orders if I can just deepen existing relationships. Um, so the, there are two things that come to mind for particularly the audience of florists um, thinking about, you know, the, the stress of procurement and sourcing for a bigger wedding year next year. And one is, like I said, I've had more and more florists give me say, you know, a month, I don't do pre-orders. Um, I will take a wish list occasionally and, but I've had people say, if I just take, can you, you know, can you just sell me $300 of peaches and blushes on such and such a date? And that's like a dream for me. And I will make it happen because, you know, like, is the ranunculus blooming or is the foxglove blooming or did it bloom two days late or two days early? You know, it's just so much easier to work in a color palette, just the way that you sell your weddings, Ellen. And that has been amazing and is a really good way to guarantee that you'll, I mean, there's never a guarantee, but increase your odds of getting flowers. The less picky you are, the more your farmer is going to totally um, deliver. And, you know, something that didn't make it on the availability list, but is looking gorgeous this week and might like make your whole wedding. Um, so that has been really great. And I think I'm going to be encouraging people to do more of that because it's just works for everyone. Um, and then the other thing is like, with anything, you know, there's the, the biggest, most popular f farmers or florists who have the biggest social media presence. And a lot of them are really tapped out and are already, you know, have existing relationships with large florists. And I just think people really need to branch out. And it's a great time to 
don't take a risk on a total hobbyist, but on somebody who is starting to grow their business and probably has more land and is poised to, to scale up. And if you buy more flowers from them, they're going to have more money for more seeds and more bulbs. And you can, I mean, this is sort of what I think you and I did is like, we, you really grow your businesses together. Um, and I think there's a lot of potential for that in the next few years because flower farming has just gotten more and more trendy in the last five years. And um, like you said, this is a great time for new florists to get in. Yeah, for sure. Um, Maya and I started um, pretty close to each other. Um, you know, we had been working for a few years already when she started growing flowers. Um, but like her and like Butterbee and some other growers that we work with, we really have worked closely at right growing our businesses together um, so that there is sort of a win-win for both of us. So yeah, I think Maya's right in that, in that regard. Um, yeah. So um, thanks Maya for coming and saying hi. Um, I don't yeah, know if anybody has questions for any of us, for me, Lisa, um, I'm sure Maya would hang on and answer any questions if people have them. Um, all right. Any questions, comments, Jesse, do you? Well, I just wanted to remind everyone that you're more than welcome to come up uh, to the stage and ask questions. And you can do that by using the hand button there at the bottom, or you can also text me your questions. That's the paper airplane icon, and you can type my name in there and send me a question. We did have a question very early in the broadcast, but I feel like you probably answered it to the best of your ability um, as you went along here. Um, there was a gal named Kelly who's a farmer florist and said she'd been having trouble selling her flowers to florists and, and making a successful connection. And, and she was wondering how to, you know, find out what florists need and, and want the most for weddings uh, so that she can continue to grow and help, um, you know, help those folks specifically. But I feel like you, you probably hit a lot of good points in your discussion about that. Yeah. One thing I guess I would add, um, or two things I guess I would add. One is um, the best way to find out what your florists need is to ask them. Um, that is, there should be no guessing game and there should be no, like if you're a farmer um, and you're like, I like to grow sunflowers, so I'm going to you buy them. Um, the flip side of that, which probably is the better strategy, is like, okay, let me ask florists who I want to sell to what they need, try to grow that and try to sell that. Um, so also, I think understanding who your florist customer is, there's lots of different florists, um, like, you know, some do FTD orders, some do weddings, some just do daily deliveries. Every florist needs are going to be different. So really trying as much as you can to understand what the florist needs are. Um, I, I think that is, is, a, is a helpful tool to, um, you know, get yourself put in a position to, to best work with florists. Um, other questions? Somebody's raising their hand. Let me see. I've got, okay, great. Alana. Hi, good morning, everyone. 
Hi, how are you? I am good. So, my name is Elena. I'm in mid-Michigan, Lapeer area. I own Anthea Gardens. I've taken a course through Lisa so far. And the, the projection for the business is five years in, be doing floral design, corporate events, and weddings. Um, it has been crazy my first year. I've already had to do weddings this year. Had no idea what I was doing. Threw it all together. Came out great. Response has been awesome. But this next year, I want to be able to offer brides two options. I'm going to try to get my hands on, um, I'm thinking a set of glass, clear glass, vases, and just different kinds of vessels. And then for my second option, this is where I want your opinion, should I go for gold or rose gold I, I, or black? I don't know. What do you think for maybe the second option for a color? I'll have clear and then what should I go with? And are you going to use these as rentals? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So probably gold, um, probably gold, or I would say like, you know, some um, neutral ceramic. Um, okay. You know, those are probably your best options if you're going to do rentals. Um, you know, the less options there are to me, the better, because it just forces people to choose from a smaller number of things. And if you're like me, you don't have a lot of room to like store a lot of stuff. Um, so I would pick, right. Some things that are most versatile. Um, and those are the things that we use the most. So glass, gold, and like some neutral ceramic. The neutral ceramic sounds great. Thank you very much. Awesome. Good luck next year. Thank you. Alan, I do have a few questions on the back channel if you would like to take those. Sure. Okay. So first one I have is um, Carrie, and she wants to know, she's a she's a pretty new flower farmer, but she's got some end-of-season dahlias, and she was wondering if this would be a good time to hit up the florists to, to let them know that she's out there. Um, good question, and I would love Maya to weigh in on this, too. Um, for me as a florist who is totally overwhelmed, like, I'm not kidding you, like totally overwhelmed. Um, now is like the worst time to try to engage me in a new relationship, selling a product that we are totally overwhelmed with. And I know nobody wants to hear that. Um, but like I have growers and this is not an exaggeration. Maya can attest to this. I have growers. I had a grower on Sunday night who told me that she was like basically having a panic attack because she had so many dahlias This is a grower. We buy from every week. What could we do to buy more dahlias from her? We are already buying 1000 stems of dahlias from her this week. Um, so unfortunately um, having a new grower approach us now um, with dahlias is not for me as the customer. It's not going to be super helpful. Um, but I would love Maya to weigh in on this as like if you're a new grower, how do you deal with this situation? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I would defer to you somewhat from the you know the customer perspective, but. Um, the one, one thing I would say is there's a difference between trying to initiate a sales relationship and giving somebody samples. Um, it is really hard to approach people in the winter when you have no flowers. 
so I, I think if you do it unobtrusively um, and bring a bucket full of dahlias to a shop with your business card attached and just say like, you know, I just want to give you some samples. I'm going to have great stuff in the spring. I'll, I'll touch base over the winter. Um, I think most people won't say no to free product if it's headed for the compost anyway. If you have somewhere else to sell it, that's maybe another story. Um, and the, um, the other thing to just mention, um, you, you sort of touched on this earlier, but in terms of selling to florists is that um, most florists are placing their orders with their wholesalers and or with other growers um, at least a week in advance. So uh, like Monday slash Tuesday, I'm sending out my availability list for the following week. Um, so you have to get, it takes, it, there's a learning curve. Um, but if you really want to be selling to florists, uh, I used to send my list Sunday for the week ahead and I gradually started moving it earlier and earlier and court correspondingly getting more and more sales. So um, I will just say that that's kind of like a side note, but um, it is important to send your availability consistently every single week um, and early enough that people can really place orders. So I agree when, when things are, whether it's peonies, the week peonies are peaking or, I mean, it doesn't matter how amazing the flower is. If it's the week that everybody has it, it's not going to be in super high demand. Um, if there are shops that don't buy a lot locally and are more traditional shops, they probably don't know what really amazing field fresh dahlias look like. And it, that's where I would say, I don't know what you think, Ellen. I would say bringing a bucket by, they will be surprised. Um, make yeah, sure your contact I think information that's a great is attached. Idea. Yeah. And I would like, you know, wrap them in paper, staple a business card or something like that, because whoever takes it is probably not the decision maker. Um, but, and then I would say in January, after the Thanksgiving Christmas rush, you can say, Hey, I'm that person who dropped off that bucket of dahlias. Can we talk about the season ahead? Something like that. I'm always trying to, anything that I'm not selling, I'm trying to get something out of it. I'm trading with a bakery for some baked goods for my crew, or I am wrapping a craft paper wrap around it and labeling it as bonus and sticking it in someone's order. So they feel good. You know, never, there's always somewhere for those flowers to go. Um, for sure. And if you can use it to build a relationship all the better, but I agree. You don't want to be selling. That's not your first sales move. Yeah. With a I new. Agree. All right. Jesse, okay. what other. I, I have another one. Let's see here. Um, Okay, are there any good resources we can go to or utilities to help educate potential customers on why they should buy local and help them and explain how seasonal blooms work, um, how you can't guarantee exact flowers and, and that sort of thing? Yeah, we had this. I feel like somebody asked me this um, recently on Instagram, I think. Um, so... What I would say first off is that you, whoever you are, farmer, farmer, florist, designer, you are the first resource for those customers to understand um, seasonality, local sourcing. Um, it's you. Um, and I'll tell you that when I started my business, um, whenever, 15 years ago, um, I had no idea that the education piece would be 
um, as large as it is and as critical as it is to the work that I'm doing. Um, the education piece is probably even more important than, um, than, than having great designs um, or equally as important. So um, I know that it feels like that is an extra step, right? Like we're trying to run a business. We're trying to actually do the designs. Um, if you're me, in an hour, you're also going out and doing daily deliveries. Um, there's a lot going on. Um, but it is our role to be the educators um, to our customers. If you, I don't, she's probably not on here, um, but there is a, there's a flower farmer, farmer florist in Virginia called Drive By Flowers. And um, if you check out her Instagram, she is really great at um, using her social media to be transparent and educational with her customers about local sourcing and what it means. And um, that's the first, that's the first thing um, for us. We try to do um, as much education as we can. We have um, a book club and that seems really weird, but we um, choose books that help our people um, understand, you know, the flower industry. We've read all kinds of, you know, flower farming books, flower, confidential. Um, and we share those resources with our, with our customers. Um, Slow Flowers is a great resource, um, you know, to share information with your customers about, um, you know, there's a lot of resources, but, but we, we ourselves in the conversations we have every day in the social media posts that we post every day, we are the first line of education for customers. At least that's my opinion. Great. Thank you, Ellen. Um, I do have one other question here on the back channel, if you can take it. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, this is from a flower farmer. Um, he says, is it reasonable? Sorry, uh, her name is Wendy. She says, is it reasonable to expect florists to come to my farm for flower pickup? We've been for the last three years um, traveling to florists and letting them make their selections directly out of our van. Um, but our retail sales at the farm are starting to grow and our time's been at a premium now. Um, I'm trying to decide, you know, can I, is there something I can do to get the florist to start coming to pick up on the farm or is it better for, to hire a delivery person? Okay. Um, I will also let Maya weigh in on this um, after, after I give you my two cents. Um, I think it's important as every year our businesses change, right? Like we are growing, we're changing, we're pivoting, COVID has changed everything. So every year our business changes. Um, and as a grower, um, your sales outlets may change too. Um, so it's important to understand who you want your, um, your target market to be. So if you want florists to be your number one sales outlet, then I think it's really important to figure out how to make it as easy as possible for a florist to buy from you. And that to me would mean um, hiring a delivery person. Um, if you are thinking that florists are not the main way you want to sell, 
and that you want to move away from that as a sales outlet and you want to put more effort into on-farm retail sales or something like that, um, then you can try to, um, you know, require florists to come pick up. Um, I will tell you just from my own experience, we have lots of growers that um, do not deliver and we use them sparingly. Um, they are not growers that we buy from every week. We can't. We just don't have the ability to go um, drive to farms that are an hour or two hours away every week. Um, we use them when we need to use them. So um, we have a great grower here um, that is about an hour away and they don't deliver and we will use them um, sort of post-frost because they have great stuff post-frost. Um, and in that way, it makes sense for us to drive there because we don't have a lot of other options. Um, same with Hendrix, who is one of our winter growers up in Pennsylvania. Um, we drive to them every week during the winter. They're four-hour round trip. Um, but we don't go to them when we have other options. Um, we They understand that. We understand that. Um, so I think it's just really important to understand who your customer is and what your customer's needs are. And if you want to focus on florists, then I think hiring a delivery person, hundred um, percent. And Maya, she's in this situation, so she can maybe tell you a little more about how that works. Yeah. I'm a little unique in that I live right in the city and I farm in the city. So I have quite a lot of people ordering front porch pickups. Um, I would say if you are going to deliver, whether it's you or a delivery driver or whatever, absolutely set a minimum and make sure to charge enough. Um, I So we're in Baltimore, about 45 minutes away is Washington, D.C. Um, a good friend of mine, Elisa from Two Boots Farm, we were both starting to get more D.C. requests about four years ago. There's a lot of money in D.C. And um, we each tried doing deliveries a couple times ourselves or like my dad or, you know, random someone commuting. It was a mess. And finally, we just said, like, let's try doing this together. So we do like, it's almost like a mini co-op. We send our availability list completely together to all of our DC customers. She has a Sprinter van and we just have a, a relatively simple like spreadsheet that tracks how many hours, miles, and what proportion of the sales each day were each of ours. And we just split the delivery cost proportionately and that has been incredible because we offer twice a week delivery to dc it's super consistent um and and we cover for each other when we're short on some products we have we offer way more diversity so for dc we have a 200 minimum and a 25 delivery fee and even with that a lot of times even when we make five stops in a day i would say our delivery fees don't entirely cover the cost of delivery um, but it's worth it for us because we move so much product and people buy, you know, week after week. And Maya, um, would you yeah. say of the of the people that you sell to in D.C., mm -hmm. my guess is that zero of them would come and pick up? Maybe one because she can send her husband who, like, works near here. <laughs> right. And so, yeah, so, that has opened up that market completely um, for us. We would not sell to any of those people without delivery. And, mm -hmm. and in Baltimore, there are some people who, you know, work out of their home or don't have a studio space where they accept deliveries, you know, so there are people who will pick up from me, but again, I'm right in the city, um, or it'll be like a one-off desperate thing. 
And I finally did. I even for pickup, I set a fifty dollar minimum because I was like, I'm not cutting you one bunch of something. Um, right. So it's a fifty dollar minimum to pick up on to place any order to pick up on my front porch or from the garden. But and I, do I would think say deliveries that are really up, important. Right. I would say people picking up. You're also constrained by like you don't have maybe a vehicle that can fit a large order. So the people right. picking those up are, are likely going to pick up small yeah. orders. Totally. And those are people who are not, yeah, they're not $500 orders usually on our front porch. They're, you know, 50 to a hundred dollar orders. Um, right. So, so I think I, if you're a grower, you have to figure really, out, yeah, you know, what's important. Who is the, who's the focus? Who do you want to get big orders from or any totally. orders from? Um, and then cater to that customer. Totally. And I would just encourage people to be creative about it. You know, is there a vegetable farmer who's delivering to a food co-op near some of your florists and you can split the cost? I mean, you have to be able to fit everything in the vehicle. But, um, but yeah, or another flower grower you can co-op with. Oh, the one thing I wanted to say, we do have a number of DC, smaller DC florists who would never meet our $200 minimum. And we have arranged... Uh, there are some really gracious florists who buy from us every week and they're more than happy to have us leave extra orders on their front porch. And then we either comp them the delivery fee or just split it between a couple of people. So there there's creative ways to do it. And in general, people are very supportive. I mean, these are florists who are supposedly in competition with each other and everyone has just been awesome about it. So to, today, yeah, we do we that have, too. I mean, right, we, we have take three Bob's people orders picking up all from, kinds of people. Right, we have three people picking up from one spot, and two of them didn't meet the minimum, but they're each paying us half a delivery fee. So then we're getting, you know, right. a delivery fee and a half for one drop spot. And it's just, I mean, at a certain point, we can't do more deliveries because the flowers won't look good if they're in the van for twelve hours, and our driver will go crazy. And <laughs> right, so. Um, Anyway, there's, there are creative ways um, around all these things, but florists are definitely used to getting deliveries whenever possible. Right. I mean, you have to understand, and I think, you know, for growers, we may not be always thinking about this, but the, the main way that florists buy flowers is through a wholesaler. Um, and that wholesaler is obviously delivering to them. And so you have to understand as a grower that you are basically in competition with a wholesaler and you are never going to be able to compete on ease, right? Because a wholesaler has a nice ordering form. They deliver for very cheap. You know, you're not going to be able to compete on that. Um, and the way that you are going to compete is to have, you know, great quality, interesting blooms, things like that, but understand that. Exceptional customer places, service. <laughs> Right. The other places that florists are getting flowers are 100% going to deliver. All right, Jesse, any other questions we've got? That was very great. I want to thank both of you for having such good insights this morning and answering uh, several questions. I don't have any more questions at the moment, but before we go, I just wanted to clarify on the um, registration dates for those two classes that you had mentioned if that's okay. Um, Perfect. I see. don't Jenny, know what they are. I just, yeah, yes. no problem. That's part of what I'm here for. <laughs> um, so the uh, Jenny loves uh, cl 
class is the Farmer Florist School Online, the wedding process. It covers a lot more than just weddings. Um, it is great for all sorts of uses. And it the registration for that one is October 15th through the 19th. So it's coming right up. And that course starts, the actual course material starts getting released in November. So then Ellen's course, which is Florist School Online, Growing Your Business with Local Flower Sourcing, that one, the registration is November 5th through the 9th, and her course material starts getting released in January. So the courses don't really overlap, um, and I think that they both of them apply to, uh, you know, lots of folks that might be listening here today. So I wanted to make sure everybody had that info, and that, all that's on the Gardener's Workshop website as well. Thank you, Jesse, and thanks, Maya, for, um, I know it's busy time for all of us, so I appreciate you hopping on and answering some questions. And thanks, everybody, for joining in today. Thank you, Ellen. All right. We'll see you back here next Tuesday at 8 o'clock. Um, Jesse and I will post what the topic is going to be. There's still no frost in the forecast, so I guess we'll um, see where we are next week. Um, and if you have any other questions or comments, feel free to direct message me on Instagram, and I'll try to get right back to you. All right. Have a good day, you guys. Take care. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. All right, folks. You know, just another great one for the books. And I want to say that I would suggest we have a lot of wedding forecasts for 2022 different conversations going on right now. And so you can snoop around the episodes and see um, what else may help you prepare for a 2022 that if you want to succeed, you want to build a business, or you want to hit the reset button on your business, there has never been a better time in the history of flower-based businesses since I've been in the business, since anybody that I've talked to has been in the business. You just have to show up and do the work. Till we meet again, friends. Ciao.